Hey everybody, this is Nick Mayhew, three-time gold medalist and three-time world record holder, and you're listening to Power 98.5. Hey, what's up? My name's Grant Kenoki. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, and artist, and you're listening to Power 98.5. We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Hi, this is Dan Aykroyd. He's progressive. He's beautiful. He's thoughtful. He's intelligent. He's powerful. He's positive. He is Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. Empowering listeners from the US to the UK, live on air with Stephen Cuoco. We all come here to the planet of tribulation to be able to learn certain things so that we can grow humanly and so that we can learn and experience things physically speaking so that we can grow from them and then take them with us once we leave this earthly plane. So I do believe that we reconnect and we merge with other souls on the other side to become a little bit more powerful. not to make them feel bad. I like to give hope to people that there is another side and that their loved ones are always around. I mean, you can kill off that, that body, but you can't kill off the soul. I am joined by a very special guest, Medium Jay Lane. Good morning. I just tell people to be really open-minded. You don't remember who you were or what you were before you came into this lifetime. And I believe that that energy is here before we come into being and that we come here to learn these experiences so that we can carry them through and evolve to a higher soul level. So I believe that when I speak, um, as some people say to the dead, I believe that I connect with the higher consciousness of that individual. When you're in a room with collective, openly minded people, it's amazing the power that you feel and the energy that you feel. I'll give you an example. When I go into a show, a lot of people say, well, geez, you're a medium. How come you're like dancing and acting crazy? Because I need to raise the vibration in that room. I need for people to get excited. I need for spirit to come in, right? And spirit will always come in stronger when there's a big bunch and they're very clear. The loudest ones speak, trust me. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you for being with us here live on air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. I've got with us today an extraordinary woman. You heard the information that we just played. That was from Medium J Lane. You can go to our website at mediumjlane.com. I've also got my dear friend, Ally, he is family to me. Uh, he was the only one that called and sang happy birthday to me. But you know what? <clears throat> God, the universe, our angels brings us special people at the right place, at the right time, in moments when we least expect it, in moments when we need it most. And how you know incredible it is, especially in my life, strangers tend to come in 
my life and removed when need be or when the time is appropriate when what was met had been met whether it's a, a promise a contract a universal contract uh, a, a strong message of familiarity a synchronicity serendipity uh, a soul connection that's marcos papadados and that's what he did on my birthday on april 9th and i want to thank him very much and i will always save <laughs> that happy birthday message from him and uh i have at from time to time listened to it because just the way he sang it really uplifts my spirits so in addition to that we've got psychic medium we have got someone who's a, a new friend thanks to marcos medium jay lane she is renowned for her accuracy honesty and readiness to tell it like it is <clears throat> jay lane has addressed audiences of thousands with her concise inspirational and motivational communications with the spirit world internationally renowned jay lane is sought after on a daily basis by celebrity a-list stars and people from all around the world jay lane welcome to live on air with stephen cuoco on power 98.5 satellite radio and marcos papadados i am so excited to be here thank you so much stephen for having me on as a guest and of course marcos thank you so much so nice to hear you here yay awesome this is Marcos's second time being on Power 98.5. He had an exclusive interview last year, and it was something, it was well-deserved to him, as you know, Jay, for all the extraordinary ways that he puts the spotlight on people and helps people not only feel important, but understood and heard. And that's exactly what you do. Well, you know what, Marcos is truly gifted, you know, with the way he writes and the way he expresses himself, and I've known him for a while now, and it's funny the way, you know, you opened up the show and talking about those that we meet in our time of need, and I think that, um, you know, it's just two souls that collided, and, you know, we became very close um, as a result of some personal experiences that we had as well, but, you know, I totally agree, it's it's amazing how, you know, how we connect like that, but thank you so much for saying that, Stephen, I, I feel so lucky to be where I am right now, because of of the changes that I've made in my life, so I'm truly lucky. And would you like to tell us what were those changes? What happened to you? Oh, oh my goodness. So I have always worked, you know, for the government, and I used to work in a background. I, I used to investigate police officers, and so I did that um, with the Ministry of the Attorney General. I worked for the Office of the Police Complaints Commissioner, and I had been held up in, in that job, and it was very difficult for me because I understood death at a very high level. I've always been very connected, and my mother was a practicing psychic. So I went to work somewhere else, and I just didn't fit in, and that was the best thing that ever happened to me because when you're not happy somewhere, you know that the energy's not there. You're not being pulled to it. And, you know, on a whim, I decided to quit my job just after my mother passed. And I decided to pursue my mediumship. And it's the best thing I ever did. But the thing I wasn't prepared for, Stephen, was my popularity. I didn't think that I would become so popular so quickly. And it's not to say that because I'm full of myself, but it's just in actuality, that's the truth. And so I've come a long way just these last few years, um, you know, so quickly compared to maybe some other people, but I, I certainly didn't expect it. But I think that's because I'm, I belong here. Marcos, what's your experience been like since knowing Jay? It's awesome. I feel so much smoother and uh, so much more comforted in life. So that's awesome. And she's helped you greatly during your journey and predicted a lot of things for you and helped you even in your own success. Totally, totally. She was, she was there when I needed her the most. And, uh, it's been an amazing time for me, and I've been flying. That's how I feel. It was stated that by you, Jay, I love people. I have a passion for people. It's part of who I am. At a young age, I had a near-death experience, and since then, my abilities have made me very sensitive to the emotions of other others and what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. When other people hurt, I hurt. When they feel... Yeah. Um, when they feel 
loved, I can sense that as well. So it's very empathic. That, that verbiage sounds very much like an empath in which you are. It is. It is. And, you know, being an empath <laughs> sometimes can be difficult because sometimes we don't know how to separate those emotions. You know, are the other people's emotions or our own, really? And so it, it's difficult because when you're growing up, you're thinking, like, why am I feeling all these things? But you're right. You know, I'm still like that. If someone's hurting, even physically, sometimes I'll feel it and I'll ask them, you know, why Why am I feeling like this right right here? And they say, well, it's funny, you know, I, I just had surgery right there. Or, you know, they'll talk about their aches and pains. Even emotionally, you know, I think we're all so connected like that with the energy just the same. But, you know, I, I could feel people's emotions even at a distance. It's just the strangest thing, but... I connect like it. I just, I love people though, because people have greatness to them and so many need to be awakened. (laughs) So many just need hope and they need love and they need to be believed in, you know? So I think, I think I do that through my humor and I think I do that with the way I give back. For anyone who may not understand what it means to be an empath and a medium, could you enlighten the listeners and to people all around the world, what would you say to someone or a group of people of what it means to be an empath? And what are, what are the things that an empath goes through? Because animals are very empathic. I believe humans innately are empathic. It just depends on how they enter into this world, um, how they are raised the environment, whether it constricts or what I say um, puts, it deactivates or how it activates it. So can you give us uh, some information and education so we can better understand from your point of view, Jay, what an empath is and what a medium is? And is there a connection to both of them? Yes, absolutely. An empath can be a medium, but that is such an amazing question, Stephen, because an empath is somebody that takes on the feelings or feels the emotions or or the energy of others in a very big way to the point where sometimes they're feeling um, they're feeling their pain, they're feeling their you know mistrust or the feeling just generally the emotions of that person. And the thing is, sometimes empaths, they have a hard time, like I said, you know, separating their own emotions, you know, trying to question what it is that they're feeling. But a, a, a medium's a little bit different. A medium is um, a person who can have actually several clair senses. Clair is just the French meaning for clear. And so there's clairvoyance, there's clairsentience, there's clairgustance, there's clairaudience. There's so many different clairs. But there's also that clear empathy. And clear empathy, um, psychics have it. Also, they use this method to try to determine, you know, uh, how a person is feeling about a certain situation or how it's affecting them. Um, empaths um, are not always mediums, though. Mediums are people who can connect with energy that is really not of this world. It's from a different dimension. And it's usually thought to be spiritual in nature. So in other words, people who pass away and when their spirit crosses through, you know, that energy just never dies. The body does, but the energy doesn't. And it goes back to its original state. And so the thing is, a medium is sort of like the conduit for communicating with that energy at a higher higher level and getting senses, um, feeling different things, emotions. It depends on what kind of medium they are. Um, I happen to have all the senses, but not all mediums do, but they're still amazing at what they do, you know. But um, they then interpret um, whatever it is that they're sensing and communicating to those that are still left here onto this earthly plane. So in other words, you know, if someone came to see me for a reading and I'm connecting with somebody, I would tell them how I feel, what I'm sensing, what I'm hearing, what I'm tasting even. Sometimes we have Claire Augustine's. So empathy um, is usually, I think, um, in a lot of the times used in mediumship, but it's also used in psychic work as well. When we think about energy cords and connections to people, 
here's something I mm-hmm. would love to get your thoughts about is I have found in my experience, and I used to get very, very angry and thinking to myself, why do I continue to attract people that are damaged, but not only damaged, this isn't about judgment. It's about, I know what it's like. And Marcos knows uh, a bit about my past. I know what it's like to go through, to, to come into this world, to know who I truly am. Okay. And I'm sure every human being has experienced this. There's no way a human being has not. I've come in this world knowing who I am, knowing my energy, know what it feels like, and to speak for myself, know what it looks like. However, environment changed that. And I went through the darkest of darkest of hell to come Mm -hmm. out on the other side, to come back and reclaim my light and my true identity. Mm -hmm. With that being said, I have been aware that you know, whether you want to consider it being damaged or hurt or disconnected or, um, or fragmented, I have made effective decisions and steps for myself knowing that if my importance is not of its utmost importance for myself, realizing that in my environment, no one was making their life and themselves important. They were making poor decisions, doing things with drugs and alcohol and sex and everything else in a very manipulative, deviant way to get through life. I knew that wasn't me, but I struggled Mm -hmm. to uh, to understand how do I love a parent and siblings and other people in my life, even friends that just don't care to get better. Now mm-hmm. we can go really deep in if, you know, from the psychological aspect of fight or flight and most people, and mm-hmm. it really is something, as you know, Jay, it's easier to stay in victim mode and fight or flight because once someone develops tools and mechanisms mm-hmm. to survive not thrive to survive it's easier to stay that way than to try something new but to to digress back a little bit what i found is that um and where i come to the best place that i can at peace with this jay is that i still attract people that are that remind me and that are a reflection of my family and of my past But yet, Mm -hmm. as much as my light is here, and I'm always told that they are attracted to my light, I was like, what you're attracted to is my perseverance and the success Mm -hmm. of getting through that darkness to retain my truth where there were people and beings and entities and situations in church, in school, in environment, everywhere it may be, who tried to destroy that light in me, Mm -hmm. but try to convince me to destroy myself and had tried it yeah. and did not take any responsibility. Why is it that I'm so people thank yes. Why is it that people like so us thankful. still attract these energy cords? And I've done my best to sever these energy cords, but I have found that these people that are damaged, they always lead me to the next step of something in my evolution, but it turns out to be very important. And even though there is never real change, there has been impact. So I know I, I shared a lot and gave you a lot, but I know you were able to process that. Can you simplify and and give you know, me and people that are like us an answer as to why this does this continue? And can these energy cords ever change so that someone like myself can stop attracting people of the past that I came in a world, whether it's my mother, my stepdad, my brother, my siblings, because I'm really, really exhausted of these echoes. It is is exhausting. And, you know, you ask such a great question, and I totally get it. Um, And I totally understand it. You know, I'm just going to say it simply, Stephen, you're a highly evolved energy. So when we're highly evolved energies, we vibrate a little bit higher than other people. So in other words, you're a soul that had a very big purpose on this planet. 
So you came here knowing that your path was going to be a little bit more illuminated than others. You knew that you were going to have success because I think you just made that decision and you, you were just going to do it no matter what. But at the end of the day, it's really hard to separate yourself, especially when you have a toxic environment like that. And you even bigger step to walk away from it and totally ignore it because it is draining and it will suck the life out of you. Now, I believe that before we come here on this earth, we make agreements with other souls to go through certain life lessons, good ones and unfortunately not so good ones. The reason being is that the soul, before it comes here, doesn't have an ego. So it doesn't know uh, basically that it's going to feel terrible about certain things or yay or, or nay or whatever the case may be. So I could have chose, for instance, a father to be abusive. Why would I choose something like that, knowing that I'm coming to Mother Earth to live the life? I mean, I'd want a six-pack hottie and some bling, you know, in my life. I don't think I'd want to be around a father who's abusive. But let's say I chose that, and I come into this lifetime, and now my father's abusive. And I'm abused until I'm 16 years old, and finally he dies. And maybe I disliked him, maybe I spit on his grave after he died, whatever the case may be. But the thing is, when I die, no matter how much I despised my father and how cruel or how mean, whoever the case may be, but I'm just saying this is an example, no matter how terrible, when you go back to the other side, the soul knows exactly what it needed to learn and why it picked these lessons to go through here. So it's very possible that you pick the toxic family or toxic situations to go through because your soul is highly elevated. And you know, my experience when I worked for the Crown's office, I used to work in victim witness um, program. And I remember people coming, you know, going to do some outreach at, let's say, the Sexual Assault Crisis Center. And I remember being there and listening and overhearing, you know, some of the staff there talking to people that were walking in off the street about their sexual abuse. And after they had left, I we had a meeting about something. And I asked one of the ladies, I said, really, do you guys really talk about your personal life like that with total strangers? And she said, Jay, she says, we're helping people take the Band-Aid off. We're helping them, you know, through our pain so that they can heal. And it's true. You know, other people are observing you in your life, around you. And, you know, a lot of people have probably learned a lot of lessons from the things that you've undertaken. But because you're such a highly involved energy, you will automatically have these people attracted to you because you represent that strength. And people are very intuitive. They know. And, and, you know, like if you're a magnet to someone, you're either an old soul or a very highly evolved one. And so I think you're a very highly evolved energy. But... I always explained it like this, Stephen. I, I, I don't know if you know what the game Plinko is. I don't. You ever hear of that? Plinko is a game that used to be on, on The Price is Right. And they take a, a Plinko chip and they would put it down a board and they'd have prizes at the bottom, $10, $100, and you would let this Plinko chip go down the board and it would hit all these little pegs and it would land in one of the prizes. So I always think that the soul is kind of a plinko and that every little peg that it hits on the way, on its journey, has like that soul has a different effect on someone. So, you know, at one point there must have been somebody that had an effect on you. And if there wasn't, if you dug yourself out of this situation and you were able to be so successful with what it was that you were going to undertake with you know, the things that you didn't want, because you learned very, very, I think, early exactly what you didn't want in life. And I think that you decided to go for it. So that's why you didn't jump into the, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing. But I believe that people like us do attract that because we also inspire hope in, in, in them. So maybe they look up to you and think, wow, I'd like to have that energy or I'd like to be like that. And it's unfortunate that, you know, sometimes it is toxic, but what you need to do is just, you know, put yourself out there so much, but then draw the line as to, you know, because you're going to have to set some kind of boundaries for yourself Mm -hmm. so that people don't suck the energy out of you because you're also an empath, right? So it's to close that off. And it's, 
it's hard to do sometimes because we have big hearts. I will be honest. One of the things, and I have really worked in this area to not be angry any, any longer. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I just turned 48. I am at the best place in my life with the mm-hmm. most peace and, and more importantly, Jay, uh, feeling safe. Uh, because it, yeah. I'm not going to lie, it, you know, as much as, you know, people, like my friends, my family, they don't check in on me. I always have been told that they are very confident everything is going to work out. But I am human. And sometimes it does help to have another human be reassuring you, as you may know. That's why I always check in on him. And he does. Yeah. He does. Marcos yeah. does check in. He does. <laughs> And, uh, and, and with that, I will say I am at the best place and at the most peace. And I do feel absolutely safe. I will say that I am still slightly frustrated and I wouldn't say annoyed, but frustrated, but also on edge because it's like what you said is perfect and it's accurate, Jay. I just would like to be also in a place to be able to, if, as my mentor once said, Vivian Samarantino, she said, Stephen, you are a traveling healer. And I, I mm-hmm. understand that and I mm-hmm. receive that. I would like to have more stability in my life because I have access and I have met many people, Jay, from all walks of life, especially people who have who are very well off. And I look at so many people and so many humans and I see, okay, they have a home, even though it's not stable, they got a home. Okay. They got five cars, you know, uh, they have this, they have that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, my, I'm always traveling. I'm always moving around, not just for my career, but because I know it's what God has me for. And it's like my stuff sitting in storage. It's like I miss having my own house with my belongings in storage. It is exhausting to always feel like I, you know, need to get ready to pick up a move because God in the universe has another transition for me. And I don't complain about it anymore, but I'm going to be honest, it, it's, I just think, and I'm going to close with this and hand the mic back over to you. I just would like to, at my age, I think to myself and what my parents have done, what they, what, you know, my parents who adopted me, what they tried to do for us, um, myself, my brother, and for themselves is I want to be able to have a home. And if I never see it, or if I'm only there two times out of the year, great. But this traveling, this moving around, and I have sold thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on the trust of what God wants for me and what I've decided to do. But I have let go of tens of thousands of dollars of materialistic things on faith. I have sold and given away tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff because I was trusting the next mission of what God in the universe has for me. And now I'm in a space to where I am done selling and giving away not only what I work for, but I do not plan on living out of a suitcase for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen anyways. I'm going to tell you, it feels (laughs) at the age of 48, it feels like this is going to be the rest of my life. Because honestly, and and I'm not planting the seed of, of, um, of, of fact, but you know, my dad up until, you know, his seventies, you know, or no, I'm sorry, his sixties and my mom in her seventies and before she had passed, they, they were missionaries. They were deacons in church. They never stopped moving around. My biological mother was the same. And I look and I'm thinking, I do not, I don't care if I'm traveling and going around the world, Jay, but I want to be able to have a home and a place to put my things and not have to always sell and give away things and be able to have my own space to go to without yeah. being yeah. in a situation that I'm in. Yeah, I understand. But, you know, to be honest with you, you know, there are some changes that you can make in order to do that. But I can see you owning a place and I almost feel like it's closer to water. 
you know. And so the thing is, um, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't think an ocean. I'd think like more like a lake or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm seeing that. But honestly, I do feel that, you know, part of us are called for that. I understand totally what you mean because I'm on the road. I'm always touring. I'm doing different things. And I get tired too. I sometimes just want to go home and do nothing and just like not even talk to people sometimes for three, four days and just zone out the world. But at the end of the day, you already know what you're meant for. And so it's part of your mission and the purpose that you have within you. But I do believe that you can bring into like some balance into your life. So, you know, I I could see you settling down into a home and working from your home remotely and then also traveling. I don't think you'll ever stop traveling. I think that you could slow down your traveling, though. You know what I'm saying? That would be nice because... Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know, but I, I keep on getting a sore neck or shoulder too, so I don't know if that's been you. Um, but it's just I'm a little bit stiff on one side, and I don't know why. Uh, but if that's you, that just means you need to slow down a bit. Yeah, and, that's my left side. Uh, yeah, I'm just really stiff on the one side. But you know what, Stephen? I feel the nicest things for you, and I feel like you're going to have more than one home. I don't think you're just going to have like the one home. So it could be that you're planting um, your roots down in a couple of different places. So it could even be like, you know, subletting off of somebody. But then I do feel like you're going to invest or buy something later on. So I wouldn't be thinking that so quickly. You're still young. Mm -hmm. Um, So 40 is just still like a spring chicken for me. (laughs) So yay for you. (laughs) But, But the thing is, I do feel some really good energy around you, like working remotely. So like in other words, I never thought my, my life would end either. Like when I was in New York City, just um, when I had met Marcos, actually, the last time. And it was the last show that I had done. I had done four shows out there. And then when I came back to Canada, I had a bunch of shows uh, to do in the U.S. and Alabama, Tennessee, and different states. And I was told that I couldn't come to the U.S. because of, you know, the health crisis. And so I had to cancel all of that. And I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? People just want to see me. But I learned to work on my computer very effectively. And I know you probably do as well because we do interviews and you would do them at a distance. But I could see you also like teaching for some reason. So I don't know why. Or doing courses or teaching people on a larger level. So I don't know why I feel like that. But I keep on seeing that for you. I don't really feel, um, you know, Stephen, that that it's going to be part of your path. If you really want to manifest something differently for yourself, it's just to really put it out there as to what you want. We're creators. We were created in someone's image, but we don't have to have children to create anything. Your thoughts become things. And I believe that everything around us was once a thought. You know, even down to the paintings that I have on my wall. Someone had a beautiful dream to, to, and they envisioned that. They painted it, and I can only draw stickmen, so I bought it, you know. But at the end of it all, I guess all I'm trying to say is that I think that you can create yourself a bit of a different destiny if you really want to, and I believe that you're going to do it. You're pretty strong. I'm doing that now, and thank you for that, Jay. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, especially when I'm on different coasts, like I was on the East Coast. So now all of my things are have been in storage for this coming month will be a year. Um, And now Mm -hmm. I have now I'm back on the West Coast. So now I'm here. So yeah, I, I, I have no problem. Get a home on the East Coast, get a home on a have a home on the West Coast. And then two different places I see you selling in. Yeah. Yeah. And then somewhere I definitely would like to be out of country, somewhere out of the U.S. That'd be beautiful. But I can see you doing that as well. And the thing is, I could see you teaching for some reason or doing some kind of recording or videos. And then like, I don't know, like some kind of teaching, maybe. I don't know. But I see that. Well, you will still be around for that confirmation. There, good. Yeah, well, I plan on, on being around for a while. I'm not expiring for a bit. <laughs> and Jay, tell us about your latest ventures. Oh, my God, Marcos, I'm so excited. You know, I've been working, of course, on a tour. I'm starting uh, next month in Canada. And, you know, it's my first tour since being on tour with James Van Prague 
So I'm really super excited about it. Um, I'm going to be um, in the States, actually, in June. We have a television series under development. And my management, of course, is in the U.S. So I'm super pumped about that. I cannot wait. And the inspiration actually comes from when my myself and my management were in New York City. And so I'm really excited about this show. Um, I'm also, you know, I, I don't know if I told you this, Marcos, but I've been working on a podcast called The Psychic Jam. And it's a bit of a taboo type of thing because we're Two other psychic mediums, I have a beautiful business that I started called the Psychic Associates as a result of a client of mine who was really, um, really taken advantage of by a psychic and um, which, which caused him to try to take his life. And it was very difficult. It angered me quite a bit. And when I was on tour with James in, in um, Hamilton, Ontario, I met this beautiful girl by the name of Amber Price. And Amber and I had the same, you know, when you meet someone, you just click. Well, Amber and I had the same vision about bringing about, um, you know, a business where we could teach other light workers to become very successful in their business and also learn to do the business very ethically because, you know, people are learning from all kinds of different people out there, but you have the take of three psychic mediums, which is really amazing. And another great lady by the name of Liz Throck. And so we put together a really great program, but we have this podcast, which we talk very honestly about the difficulties of, of our lifestyle and our business and what we run up against. And, uh, you know, some of the subjects are a little taboo, but I think that they're good so that people can understand also what our lifestyle is like and, and what we go through. And it also helps support all the other light workers out there because, you know, it's not like you're going to an office every day and you're working with 20 people. As you all know, you're self-employed. So, you know, you're doing your own thing and you're running your own business. So you don't really have anyone you can confide in unless it's someone that you might view as a competitor. So the thing is, this brings together some unity. I love it because it also helps empower um, other people in this industry, in the holistic um, industry, so I'm really excited. And last but not least, I'm working on a book of poems, so I'm really excited about that. Intuitive poetry, yes. That's awesome. And you told me a bit earlier before we went live about psychicassociation.com, or no, psychicassociates.com. Would you like to explain more yes. about that? Well, it's it's a wonderful website that we've developed. We have um, courses on how to, you know, start your business as a light worker. So whether you're in Reiki, whether you're an empath, whether you're a psychic medium, a lot of people just don't know how to start their business. And, you know, I wish I would have had this when I first started because there's nowhere you can go to get information to help you or to really help you develop your gifts or anything like that. So... We developed this site. It took us quite a while, actually, and um, I absolutely love it. We have master mentors um, as well, so we have different people teaching um, those who want to take quicker courses. We also have a psychic development course coming out, and so what we've done is we built a community. We're going to be offering some directory space as well, so I'm kind of excited about that, but a place where people can save on their essential services, have education at their fingertips and to be able to promote their business through our platform because of our wonderful directory. So I'm beyond excited to, you know, be working with these two ladies and uh, very, very successful um, in what it is that they do. So yeah, I'm really pumped. I want to play this one promo clip here, Jay. You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. You're going to, uh, you're going to know what I'm going to be playing in a moment. I thought this was the one where you were talking. Where is it here? Hold on. My assistant's getting it. Is it this one? Let's see, Jay.
We're going to have it in a moment. Okay. Do I get points if I answer you? I think the creator sends us here as little bits and pieces of himself. We gather this, we become wiser, you know, through our, our living experiences. We go back to the other side, carrying those experiences and evolving to a higher soul level. So I do believe that we reconnect and we merge with other souls on the other side to become a little bit more powerful. to be able to be accepted in what it is that I do because I'm going to tell you when I was younger there was no acceptance of this you know my mother was psychic Beatrice I was psycho Betty you know kids can be really cruel and so it's really difficult to try to get over that stigma you know even growing up coming out of my little spiritual closet was something difficult I feel like I almost have to turn somewhere around here what I would like to touch on with that and what's absolutely perfect in what you shared jay is what can you say to a child a person of any age when they are coming into their gifts and and where i'm going to go with this is very important when we think about the church when we think about religion we think about you know certain mindsets and thoughts out there no matter what and i can only say i know that there are several religions that the bible does say or state that God gives gifts to his children. What can you share of advice for anyone who is of coming from a Catholic, Roman Catholic, Baptist, Protestant, Buddha, um, you know, Lutheran, any type of that at all where, you know, because it was, I was attacked verbally physically as a child, especially I went through a lot of shit when it came through the church, when I was able to perceive things. And I'm, I, I'm going to be honest, like call it perception, call it whatever you want to interpret it. But I was attacked a lot as a kid. That's a sin. That's from the devil. You need to pray it away. I did pray several times just to test it out to God, Mm -hmm. to take certain things that I could do away so that I could be more accepted and what most people don't know is that when a child is empathic when a child is very highly connected and in tune and they don't have to be um that a, a person can come into the world and my best friend's mother used to see uh people's deaths And she was told uh, at a very young age, and she was a deacon in a church, very well respected that, you know, to pray it away and that if it was from God, it would stay. If it was from the devil, it would go away. But I don't necessarily believe that. I believe that God gives us free will and certain people have a choice. I don't believe it ever can fully be removed I believe maybe it can be suppressed or put to sleep, whatever it is that you want to call it. But for anyone who is gifted, everyone is gifted, but those who choose to be more awake instead of being just Mm -hmm. human, what can you say so they can have better encouragement to not commit suicide to better understand to where they don't need to use drugs and alcohol to try to suppress or to hide. And we all know, and and as someone who practiced and worked as a grief counselor, drug addicts, someone who's a drug addict and an alcoholic use these substances to escape. It's not necessarily the addiction per se, the Mm -hmm. body can become addicted and dependent. But we've got to look at the emotional root as to why did this happen? What is the emotional connection? And 99.999% out of 100% 100 of the time, an addict, whether it be sex addict, shopping addict, drug, all of that, they are trying to escape. So Mm -hmm. what can you offer in advice so people don't lose themselves to addiction they don't lose themselves to suicide they don't lose their their confidence and self-esteem and their emotional mental 
peace of mind, whether they are attacked by the church. Um, hold on for a moment. Someone is trying to call in. Um, All right. Uh, when someone is attacked by a church member or in a church, what, what can you say so they don't, so they can start living their life and not have to be so fearful? It's it's such a great question, Stephen. You know, and it's true. Alcohol and, and and drug addiction is really a symptom of what you're going through, and it's so difficult. You know, my brother became a chaplain in his sixties. And he's non-denominational. And I learned a lot from, you know, the schooling that he went through. He did his theology at the University in London here in Ontario. And it was interesting because I helped him with his thesis and typing it out because he can't type. But it was amazing, the conversations we have. But really, I can relate to the abuse, um, you know, and, and being attacked by the church. My mother was a practicing psychic between 61 and 83. So I was abused by nuns in school. And it's not really something I talk about, but my family, all of all of us in school um, were abused because of what my mother did. And when you hear that psychic Beatrice and the psycho Betty, the kids were cruel. Um, I was very afraid of being who I was. I hid all my life because, you know, my mother was a psychic and everybody laughed at us. I was also a very French girl in an English community. I barely spoke any English growing up. And, of course, I went to French school with English books. So it was really hard for me to learn. And when I was 17, I started hiding my gifts. Because people knew I was gifted, but I would hide it because I was embarrassed. And, of course, my father tried to really protect me. And would tell me, you know, don't talk like that. People would think you're crazy. But I think it's because he cared so much and he didn't want me being abused by the other kids. We are all here for a purpose. And the pain that we go through really are the stepping stones at times to our success. And the thing is, sometimes, you know, my purpose might be just to smile to somebody who is suicidal that day. But so many people have are so empty inside because they feel that they can't you know they can't go to the church because they're embarrassed because they're an addict or they've been judged because people just think they're they're no good for nothing because they have an addiction these people have feelings these people have emotions they need to be heard they need to be understood and one of the reasons why i do my job is because i do get a lot of people that come to see me because my suicide rates in terms of letters that I've received, the first year of the pandemic, I received eight letters. Um, people write to me because they want to die. And so they write to me and they'll tell me how they're going to die or what they plan on doing. And it's very disturbing because I've never been trained as, as you have, Steve, like as a counselor. So it's really difficult. I've worked more, more or less in policing and courts. And I've seen a lot of this stuff. But, you know, I think it's just the support People need support. They need to be loved. They need to be heard. So anybody out there contemplating suicide really need to try to, as much as possible, to talk to people that they trust. And if you can't find somebody that you, you can trust, you need to find help somewhere else and speak to someone professional. That can help you deal and cope with the emotional stress that you're going through. I mean, I had people writing to me in the second year of the pandemic, Steve, and I received almost 100 emails in that year of people wanting to die. One ambulance driver who didn't want to bring COVID to his wife and family who wanted to go and kill himself because he figured that he could save his family this way. But, you know, what he didn't realize was that maybe he wasn't going to get COVID and maybe he wasn't going to give it to his wife and maybe everything would be fine. And it's always that hope. We need to really listen to people. We need to reach out and help them. And I think that so many people feel alone. They feel like there's nobody out there, but there really is a lot of people out there willing to listen and a lot of people willing to help these people. You know, so uh, suicide is, is a big, it has a big place in my heart. I've had experiences around that in my family. I had a murder-suicide in, in my family, my stepsisters. Um, husband um, killed his three-year-old daughter. He drowned her, and then he killed himself. And it was very hard on her family because, 
We couldn't find her for 10 days. We found him first before we found her. And the thing is, um, there's a long story that goes with that, but I just wish that he would have reached out. He never reached out. He never talked to anybody about anything. And when my stepsister had talked to me about him, it was almost like too late. The signs had been there and she didn't know what to do with it, you know. And so the thing is, I think that's the first thing is if you see someone who's depressed, ask them if they need help. Ask them if they need some support, you know. People need to also believe that they have a great purpose so that there's a purpose to their life. And sometimes your purpose is under construction for a very long time. Sometimes you don't figure out the purpose of your life until you're well in your 50s. Sometimes you don't even know the purpose of your life. and But you're, but you're living it just the same. But what I would say is that, you know, to give yourself a chance to really look, to, to, to know that there is better things coming and that... You know, with that support, you can really overcome so much. Everybody's so important and everybody counts, you know. I could talk forever about that, Stephen. It's just such a passionate subject for me. I understand. And in my research, when I used to be a grief counselor, uh, worked with people from smoking to, you know, struggling with death, addiction, mm-hmm. um, identity crisis, sexual identity crisis. One of the biggest things and yeah. in, in what I learned uh, coming from a background of Roman Catholic on my biological side, uh, Baptist on my, my parents uh, were very Baptist uh, who adopted me, is in my learning, I wanted to find out for myself the history of the Bible, the revisions that it had gone through. And I actually have printouts and I um, factual sheets of what the Bible has gone through um, within its own evolution. And we're understanding and have friends that are Protestant and Buddhist and Catholic, Roman Catholic, Protestant, Mormon, even atheists. One of the things that has always been familiar, even what I've learned from, and, and I did well over a decade of research on this, if not longer, if not two decades, uh, within my journey of meeting people, is that there are even atheists, which has been a common uh, understanding and acknowledgement that there are demons and spirits in this world, that there are benevolent and malevolent, benevolent, good, malevolent, evil energies or entities. And then there are areas of people who believe in poltergeists and things like that. Um, I know coming from Roman Catholic, they believed in poltergeists and demons and spirits and uh, possession and everything. So with that being said, there should not be a question that God gives people gifts, whether they're empathic or psychic or intuitive, just like my best friend's mother, who was able to see uh, people's deaths before they had died. And she was a deacon in a church, a, a devout uh, Baptist alliance, um, more specifically, and Christian. And with that being said, what I've also come to realize that those that are bullied the most are actually the most powerful. And I've come to understand and and to, in my research as well, when I um, had talked to parents who have come to me who wanted me to talk to their children, I've also counseled and worked with people with Asperger's um, and... uh, it, the, the common, common theme and the, the story, the, the narrative and the context was the same every time. And I would be very combative to my parents who adopted me with the church and things like that is you cannot say and call something automatically a sin and say it's from Satan when it clearly mm-hmm. states and every single religion out there believes that these entities and these energies exist. And where there's a devil, there is a God. And even Mm -hmm. atheists who may or may not believe that there's a God or however, and even when you have people that, even in my research and friends that are scientists that also are not religious, and I find that very interesting because they have to have everything on a scientific fact, even scientists even join Mm -hmm. in to share that there are energies and entities entities in this world through scientific fact and research that they exist. 
So you got to look at the facts, take away the fact of whatever you think of potentially, whether you're religious, non-religious, whether you believe or not believe in God, Mm -hmm. that even down to science, there is scientific fact that what the eye cannot see, what we cannot tangibly see in physical form exists. And there has been data on this. So with that being in effect, yes, there can be psychics, there can be mediums, there can be empaths in this world. Animals are empathic. Another scientific fact and proof. Um, I believe it. So when someone is bullied, my encouragement to everyone is they may not be bullied because they're bullied. They could be being bullied because malevolent energies or entities are working through another human being that is not connected, completely connected to themselves Mm -hmm. and is channeling through to try to destroy. I'm a product of that. I've had many people from all walks of life try to destroy me even people who claim to be religious and believe in God, more often those that are not very religious. And so with that being said, I just wanted to to share that and to express that um, no matter what, this, these are the facts that are out there. People can Google Yahoo or Bing. When you simply do your research, there is a, a connection across the board. And when you look at into the Bible, all these various, and I've read different, I've read books by Mormons, different religious, religious, um, uh, you know, even um, uh, understanding, you know, uh, African American, you know, Hindu, things like that, just a lot of what people had taught me. The the common language is there. It may be said differently, it may be referenced differently, but it's there. And since it's there, you cannot dispute that there are people like you and Marcos and myself where we God has given us gifts or a higher power has given us gifts and and made us um in a way and 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 we're positioned to be there for other people who cannot be there for themselves. And the only reason why they're not able to be there for themselves, either because there is a lack of understanding, which is most common and education, but most importantly, it's the environment. And if someone, any human or person is closed off from themselves and are running from themselves, and they don't need to be an addict, but are trying to escape, their own truth they cannot teach truth and enlightenment to someone else and this is why there are so many problems with you know suicide and addiction that we have in this world and it's getting even worse it is so Mm -hmm. i would like to read this here's a testimony we're going to um, close out soon, Jay, and I want to thank you for being with us here live on air with Stephen Quilk on Power 98.5. Uh, this is from Scott Patrick, executive producer, Hollywood one-on-one. I've met many intuitive people and Jay Lane is in a different league and world. During our session, I always find my mouth dropping wide open in amazement on the connection she makes near and far even more impressive she is sweet funny and sexy a joy to spend time with a true gift and once again that's by scott patrick executive producer hollywood one-on-one jay where would you like people to go most to connect with you is it mediumjlane.com it is mediumjlane.com steven and for all those uh, who are interested to book you can contact Josh Blate if I'm saying his name correct at 502-457-7415. Once again, Josh Blate, 502-457-7415. And then for personal appearances and event bookings can contact Whitney Crabtree at 615-742-9679. 615-742-9679 and go to mediumjlane.com and all of that information is there on her promo kit tab and you can get their emails as well to Josh and to Whitney. Who would you like to give a shout out to, Jay? Oh my goodness. I guess I would like to give a shout out to all the beautiful people all over the U.S. and Canada who follow me specifically. I absolutely love them. And I want to thank you so much, Stephen, for having me on today, Marcos, as well. And I really had a wonderful time. 
It's been great. And is there any other golden gems you would like to give us? I know you've got, uh, once again, to just recap, you're going to be here in the States in May, and then something's happening in June. June in the U.S. I'm starting my tour in May. And I guess a little gem I'd like to also leave you is when you said gift, I always remembered my mother said this, gift is God's influence flows through. And that's what gift means. I appreciate that. And thank you for that, that golden nugget, that share, Jay. And Marcos, thank you for this opportunity and being with us as well here on Live on Air with Stephen Cuoco. That was very enlightening. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, so thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Marcos, for being with us today. I'm Stephen Cuoco. And yes, we are live on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. You can tune in and listen to this if you're just joining us. Uh, if this is being shared, uh, you can find out all things J Lane at mediumjlane.com. And uh, yeah, we're going to have this. What time? Tomorrow, at, we're going to do 2 p.m. Eastern time. So we're going to have Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this episode will re air uh, all about J Lane and a Great shout out to my good friend, Marcos Papadatos over at Digital Journal. We will have more information. Marcos will have a exclusive uh, review write up about this interview with Jay Lane. And uh, Jay, thanks again for being with us today. Thank you. Shows and let's connect.